Welcome to episode 96 of Ribble FM. I'm Anthony Gagos. With me is Arthur Geese. Hi. Mash Anthony. It's good to see you again, dude. And Tyler Barber. What's up, Anthony? Back from PAX. Back from PAX. PAX East. PAX yep. East. Back that from the Cold Coast. This year, huh? Is that a new venue? Uh, not, uh, the venue itself is much nicer. The location sucks. but It's much larger. It's significantly larger. Large. Um, large is good. Saw some really cool little games, including Toy Soldiers Cold War. Toy Soldiers, yeah, what, Toy what? Soldiers Cold War. It's a. Uh, Does it actually take place during the Cold War? Uh, they take liberties. Like there are certain jets and helicopters and stuff that weren't Cold War era. Mm. But um, so this one now has a co-op campaign. Just gonna read off some of the highlights of cool things. Whoa! Wave checkpoints. Uh, and now they've they've changed it up a little bit because you, you know, want like to explain you, what a wave checkpoint is. Oh, uh, because toy soldiers. That, like, toy every... soldiers. Well, eventually I was going to. So toy soldiers is a game where it's like tower defense, except right. you can take direct control of the towers, or you can be like little cars or planes down on the battlefield defending. Um, the previous one was set in World War One. So in this one, because they realized that that uh, modern warfare it sucks losing to waves. Previously, like if you're like in the fifteenth one, it checkpoints every few waves. And uh, that's something every tower defense game needs. Should have, yeah. Right. And so, uh, and in the old one, if you got a tank and you were really good, you could pretty much never use turrets, almost, hmm. or just like occasionally build turrets and just dominate with a tank. Um, and they didn't want that to be the case in the second one. They really wanted people to to use their turrets a lot more. So, uh, they've. Basically, they've they've made it now where the vehicles, when you use them, are constantly running on battery power because they're RC controlled. And so, if you're not <laughs> timing it well enough to drive and collect batteries, they will die. Just so, like in real life. Wow. Yeah. So you can't sit there and just dominate with a tank the whole time. Huh. So. Um, That's interesting because uh, one of the things I really enjoyed about the first uh, Toy Soldiers game is, unlike most uh tower defense games where you either are sort of stationary defending swarms coming toward you or uh you know i mean that's typically the scenario there 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 are many stages uh, in toy soldiers where you actually have to push a front line by using the vehicles to take out enemy and, towers and, and, to and capture can, their towers you can still do that it's just now that you have to think that's, you have to be aware like oh right. battery power is getting low I actually have to take some time away from fighting guys up in the front and run back and grab a battery and come yeah, in. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, definitely. I also um, thought it was really cool in the trailer. They showed parts where it was uh, similar to the, 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 the instance that everybody loved in Modern Warfare where you got into the AC-360. Oh, yeah, the AC-130. The AC-130, sorry. Yeah, sorry. so occasionally what happens is... Uh, so if you're kicking ass and getting a really, really high combo... Because you remember in the previous game, if you like sat there and killed, like, X amount of guys within a yeah. few seconds, you built up a combo. Right. Eventually, if you build up a big enough combo, you get a barrage. And a barrage, you call it down, and something will happen. Whether it's, like, an artillery barrage, or it might be that you get to use an AC-130 gunship, 
or sometimes the barrage might actually be a guy that comes down, hits the ground, and it's a commando. But he's basically John Rambo. He has an M60, <laughs> and you get to take control of him. That's yeah. awesome. Just he looks like your generic uh, Rambo ripoff action figure, like 12-inch yeah. action figure so toy. you get to take direct control rad, of him. pretty actually. And they've done a lot of cool things with the turrets to make them directly more useful for what they're supposed to be. So, like, if you upgrade the level 3 machine gun, it has a little bit of... Uh, like an explosive thing, and it can also shoot grenades now. Like you can choose to shoot grenades. Mm. Um, like an alt fire. Yeah, thing? an alt fire. Every weapon has an alt fire now ah, as well. Ah, very cool. On the turrets and mortars, for instance. Now, like they were pretty. You previously pretty much only built mortars to attack vehicles. Like you know they weren't that good against troops. Like in my experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but now mortars, like they don't do a great amount of damage against infantry, but they anybody they hit with this blast damage is slowed. So they basically just keep infantry moving really slow. So they're nice. way useful. So um, that's like that's a good method of using a slow tower without it having to be magic based or exactly. something. Exactly. <laughs> and they've also got uh the upgraded like artillery now. The level three artillery is like a, a missile truck. So it just like the game just has a lot of really cool visual stuff. Like they've definitely they were showing me like increased environmental damage. Like there's plenty of houses you can blow apart and the maps awesome. and stuff like that. That's awesome. That's exactly what we want. Yes, yes. <laughs> More I mean, blowing buildings apart. The the first Toy Soldiers game was just a lot, a lot of fun. You know, despite its few flaws, there there were a few things that made it a little frustrating. That like not having checkpoints. And yeah, waves. that's yeah. frustrating. It was yeah, really to, bad. You know, in any kind of game. Um, yeah, it, it looks really cool. What and what's the release window on this? It's a uh, summer. So, you know, the next this is what months. I'm excited for, man. Um, Fuck yeah. Yeah, really. And then uh, I saw... Well, let me... Let me... let me. I'm sorry, before we move on, let me ask like one thing. Because I, I know like one thing that kind of frustrated me with the first Toy Soldiers was the whole... You almost had to... You almost... And I'm, and I'm, I'm also playing Pixel Junk Monsters at the moment. Yeah. For the first time. It's a good and, game as well. And this game has the same sort of problem that you have to really play and fail in order to sort of know what's coming up right but that, but that was but the only reason that was really frustrating in the first toy soldiers was because there were no wave checkpoints right. right and so now that you know there are wave checkpoints you can better prepare for that plus you know i i think that if you pay really close attention to toy soldiers you can really actually manage your money well enough to sell off turrets and rebuild the ones that you need for the upcoming waves you know so is toy soldiers like uh um is it a tower defense light game where if you screw up with the wrong build like for too long there's no way that you could fix it i mean i know kind of like what you just said but i guess what i'm wondering is like the wave checkpoints can you go further back than just one checkpoint i don't know actually i didn't even ask about that because in my experience playing it like they they i will say also that they've added this was a big problem in the first toy soldiers that your only anti-vehicle weapons you really had were artillery and in this one they've specifically added turrets you can build that are just anti-vehicle cool turrets. yeah that's so good. you have at guns yeah so artillery are definitely anti-infantry mm-hmm. and at guns are what you use to take out vehicles so they've mm-hmm. added more specialized turrets that i think will really help out that when you're in like a oh shit moment and you're kind of fucked with what you have you know nice um and just a lot of usability things like in the previous one when you upgraded a turret you didn't know how long it was going to take the turret just went out of commission while it upgraded <laughs> just little timers and stuff like there's just it is generally a much more refined version of Toy Soldiers. Like, I think it's going to be great. So Awesome. Um, and then uh, I also played The Darkness 2, which was fun. And granted, the demo it says in the beginning, like, this might not, this scene might not actually appear in the video game when you do it. 
really that whole like opening scene might not actually i'm be sure in the it'll game. be in there i'm like come on but but they just say that in case you know it, it ends up being different but yeah i played it and i thought it was fun it, it it actually even the shooting and stuff whether this is a good or a bad thing to you it felt a lot like the previous darkness but what i will say is that uh they definitely change it up now they don't want you to do like in the first game i did a ton of shooting and the darkness powers were kind of secondary right and in this one because they have the ability now for your tentacles to like pick up items and throw them, and, and it's a gravity and gun, slice guys yeah. apart. Like they definitely want you to just be using the tentacles like crazy. Good, that's but, how it should be. Yeah, damn it. Um, I'm putting my foot down. And I th- <laughs> I thought it was really interesting how they made it in the darkness in the previous one. You know, when you got darklings, you just called out a bunch of them. Right now in this one, you only ever get the one darkling, and he's like yeah. a character that he's they develop to have a over time and stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. But I'm also digging the art style. In a lot of ways, it kind of reminded me of uh, when I played it. It reminded me a lot of Borderlands, the way they do the art. Yeah, we talked like a little bit about that last, last week. week. But yeah, about how it's like they're, they, they're all hand-painted textures instead of like photorealistic textures. Yeah, That's and even cool. when they drop guns and stuff, they sit with like a blue light on them, the way Borderlands did, like colored lights on the weapons and oh, stuff. Oh, okay. There's, but, wow. Um, right. And then... Uh, I mean, I saw the Battlefield demo, which, you know, we've already talked about, but I will say, or we'll reiterate that game looks awesome. And, <laughs> yeah. it, oh, and to all the people that I, while I was standing in line to see the demo, several people walked up and watched the trailer and was like, that shit is fake. It is really? most certainly not. Yes. It is most certainly Several people not. walked up and were like, that shit is fake. We're going to find out. It's just like Killzone. That's no, what they said. Everybody, everybody wants to be the one guy who was right about it being fake, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely... Speaking of, though, they released the second part of the uh, trailer today. Yeah, actually, I've not had a chance to see it. Yeah, it's the little section where the uh, the the squad of Marines run up to the rooftop, and they're yep. sort of avoiding the sniper, and then they hit the building with a... The uh, sniper with the fifty cal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they blow, out, blow up the whole front side of the building yeah. with one rocket launch. Yeah, looks awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking A. But, uh, awesome. Giant violence orgasm. Yes. Um, God, I feel like I saw a ton of games at PAX, and it's just kind of hard to remember them all. I went yeah. to the Deus Ex demo. That game, that game still looks oh, really I cool. Still never seen it. I, I've never yeah, seen. Yeah, I, I, I stood in line just to go see it because oh. I've actually never really watched it playing out yeah. since uh, like a year ago. So. That's so cool. Yeah, if if you remember when you're uh, next time you're on YouTube, you can look around. There's a great video from PAX East where they're showing off the hacking system. Oh, cool! And it shows. It shows a lot of their menu UI mm-hmm. and the design, man. I just, I love it. It's so, it looks so nice. Like when you, the hacking screens, it doesn't look like a generic, you know, like Photoshop. This is a computer screen. Right. <laughs> and, and one game that people are going to be talking about a lot in the next few months coming out of PAX is, uh, it's like, it was like a lot of people that I talked to at PAX said it was like easily their game that they thought was the coolest looking one, which is a game called Warp. It's an EA Partners mm-hmm. game. It's done by this French studio, and it basically is a top-down. In a lot of ways, like aesthetically, it reminds me of Explosion Man mm. because it's it's like violent, but it's also way too cute. Oh, like right. you play as like this little guy that he almost looks like a, a bacteria, is what I want to say, with mm-hmm. like little te- little antenna, and uh, just like Amoeba Man. Basically, just like Explosion Man, you start off in like an experimental tank. Mm-hmm. But what they don't realize is that your little guy has the ability to warp, aka. They call it warping. I think of it in nerd terms as blinking, because that's what he does. <laughs> right, he basically totally. can blink <laughs> a specific distance. Blinking, you know, t- mm. tiny little transport. Mm-hmm. So you, but it looks like you is, use this. Blink is magic, and warp is science. Yeah, it looks like you use the second stick, basically, to determine how far you want to warp. You know, and you oh, can cool. only probably warp about, like, uh, 
like a few feet in front of your character. Mm. But basically, that's how he gets through doors, through windows, and he can die super easy. Mm. So with guards mm-hmm. and stuff, it isn't like Spillage Man where you can just bum rush anyone. Right. So you have to, uh, you you really it encourages like stealth and really smart gameplay. And so there are certain inanimate objects you can also warp into. So he might have to like warp into an explosive barrel and then wait till the guards come by to have a conversation, mm-hmm. or he can sneak around and like you know move behind panels until he gets close to the guard and then he can warp into the side inside of him and blow him up from the inside out. And, wow! And so that's, that's where it gets awesome, kind of violent man. and gory and stuff. But <laughs> it's like got this really adorable aesthetic and it was just like, just they had you know it's what they did is they nailed that one mechanic that made it like immediately like oh. Yeah. This is different from what I'm seeing mm-hmm. everyone else do. Yeah. And you can kind of get it, like, instantly when you see the video of the gameplay, and it's just, like, you know, action, puzzly. Yeah, exactly. I just think it's going to be, like, such a, a unique little game, and they don't know when it's coming out, but sometime mm-hmm. this year, you know. Right. But um, Cool. And then Bastion was there, and I still think that's a game everyone should check out. That game's you amazing, know, it was yeah. A, it was a IG... IGF, yeah. IGF candidate, and yep. it now officially has a publisher, so... I also saw Fallen Frontier... Which is the game by Moonshot? Funny, games. like I thought. I thought you said uh, Fallout Frontier. I'm like, no, what? Fall, Fallout Frontier. <laughs> it's a, it's a tiny little indie game made by five dudes. Like three of them are ex Bungie guys, um, and so it's a lot of people were describing it as 2D Halo, mm-hmm. and that's accurate to an extent. Mm-hmm. Like you pick up one gun and they call it like the, some sort of rifle, and it's obviously the the uh, battle rifle like it fires triple <laughs> shot bursts it looks like the battle rifle uh-huh. and you and it just like Halo, you can carry two guns on you at any given time so we say 2d is it 2d overhead side scroller side scrolling um and it's a twin stick shooter like you still pull the trigger to shoot but you know you aim with the right stick move with the left stick halo contra style um yeah it, and uh but the it it also has a lot in common with uh Bionic Commando because you have a grapple hook. Oh, cool. And the grapple hook plays a big deal into using momentum, you know, grabbing guys. And, and of course, just like Halo, melee attacks are a big deal in this game as well. Oh. So, um, but yeah, it was cool, especially the, the two-player stuff. Grapples you know? make everything better. It's a co-op game through and through. Nice. And it's all, like, hand-drawn looking art in their own proprietary engine. Um, hmm. But, yeah, that one was really cool. And oh, there was also this one called, like, Dark Insanely Twisted World or something that's... This one has been on my Insanely radar a while. Insanely Dark Twisted Planet. Yeah. Insanely Dark yeah, Twisted I've Planet. It's, it's an XBLA yeah. game also yeah. coming out in the yeah. summer. Microsoft exclusive. Um, and it's basically like uh, you're a spaceship and you're flying around this environment. And yeah, it has a I very, saw the video, but that's all I've seen. You know, the aesthetic is almost like uh, it's very dark. Everything's black. It's like black on blacks. But yeah. if you know what vector art means, it's yeah. vector art E. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, but okay. Vector um, art-ish. But, yeah, yeah, but, but, like the, a, but the whole premise is that you have the spaceship and you get different attachments for it, and you have to figure out which attachment you need to get through the environmental puzzles, mm. whether it's like a claw to grab things. It actually reminded me of Pixel Junk Shooter in a lot of ways because you have mm. to do shooting but just like the way you have suits to do specific things in this one, you have these attachments, whether it's a ray gun or a scanner or other things that they didn't show yet that are, and it just has like really good art. But one thing I noticed, it has beautiful music. Like every bit of it mm. is like fully orchestrated. It's it really good. It seems to happen a lot with indie games is that like they, they actually, it's almost like they pay more attention to the soundtrack than a lot of AAA games do. Yeah, it, it is. It, it, that one's looking really cool. That's cool. So, um, but then uh in in a non Pax Worlds. 
Yeah, I've well, been... I I want to know if you saw like, did you do anything else at PAX other than see appointments and go to the go to the like the small games? I went to one panel. Uh, yeah. I, well, I've been to one more than one panel, but one that stood out, which was called mm-hmm. uh, "You Have a Game Idea, But You're Not a Game Designer." And it was like, <laughs> yeah, I read about that's that. actually a really cool idea. Yeah, it was like one guy from Zynga. <laughs> Uh, the guy that made that game, ah, oh yeah, and uh, the, the the head of Firehouse Firehouse Studios, which mm-hmm. their game just came out today when we're recording. It's What's... called a uh, battle. Wait, no, it's called a. Uh... I don't know. Firehouse Studios, look it up. They they have a, a PSN game that just came out. Um, <laughs> Haven't been paying attention. Don't know. The game is okay, but it was yeah. just a really interesting panel, just kind of talking about like you know, what it takes to be a good designer, whether, you know, them discussing whether or not you need technical expertise. It's Firehose or Firehouse? Firehose Studios. Apparently you don't need uh, a lot of technical expertise no, they said, to be they successful. Said that, uh, I mean, they all Zing generally agree of that. that it's, it is not a bad thing to have it. Right. But they also said that a lot of people get the idea of this. Slam Bolt Scrappers? Slam Bolt Scrappers, the game uh, that came out on PSN from them. But uh, Oh, it's kind of like a Tetris game. It's kind of like, like Tetris with fighting game. Yeah. 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 Weird. Um, a lot of people are saying it's great. But uh, <laughs> I hear. Huh. You know, they said a lot of people kind of get the roles of designer and creative director mixed up in their head. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like the creative director is the big idea person that has like the really cool ideas. And then the designers are the one that have to figure out a way to make that into a mechanic that's interesting. <laughs> right. You know, so. Well, if you're a small enough developer, that usually is one person instead of two. But, you know, we, we, that that panel kind of heard the typical rhetoric, right? Like, what's the biggest things a designer can do? And, like, the, you know, the one mm-hmm. thing they all agreed on is you have to be great at killing the things you love. Yep. You know? Yep. They, they all Shoot had... them sacred cows. They all had stories, you know, yeah, basically. Yeah. About people that... And, they, and their advice was... For the people that always write about wanting to work in the industry, they're like, if you want to be a designer, they all recommended getting any job you could at the company you want to be at. It doesn't matter yeah. what it is. Yeah. Like the one guy from Firehouse from Firehouse Studios that used to uh, make, he used to work at uh, Harmonix. Mm-hmm. And he said that the guy that was the lead designer on Dance Central, for instance, mm-hmm. just used to be in the product design group. All he did is made the plastic guitars. Yeah. And then one day he was like, he just spoke up enough with mm-hmm. great ideas about game design that they were like, you know, you might be doing the wrong thing. Yeah. So they moved <laughs> him over. That's how it happens in a lot of game studios. I mean, we all know friends that have gone on from gaming journalism to go be community managers and now they're designers, you know? Yeah. That's just the trajectory. It's just to get in the company at any level. And if as you long have as good ideas and you're allowed and, and you're yeah. not afraid to say them. Right. Like people and will you notice. probably can't be a dick either. Yeah. That's the I'm one just thing. guessing. That's the one thing they disagreed about. The guy yeah. from Firehose was like, be a dick. Right. And the other, everyone else was like, don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting, though. I mean, if you really want to analyze it on on, on a deeper psychological level, too, I, I, I think what's really interesting about game theory in general is how um, it's sort of the intellectual challenge of it, whether, uh, you know, especially looking, coming at it from a game design standpoint. Yeah. You know, uh, you know cultures throughout all of human history have played games and you know, uh, throughout human history, the cultures that survived are often the cultures where the militaries played games. Yeah. You know? and it's, well, sorry. No, no. I, I, yeah. You know, I'm just saying it's interesting that uh, in this way, I don't think you need such technical. So that's the thing, right, is, is you don't need to know coding you know? and stuff. But what they did say was your idea doesn't mean shit if you can't find a way to prototype it in some form. Oh, totally. And so what yeah. 
the guy that worked at Zynga said is he's like, you know, he's worked at a ton of companies. Like they called him like a serial entrepreneur. Like this guy <laughs> has basically worked at a ton of studios, built them up and sold them. That's yeah. all he's basically done. Well, um, all you have to do with Zynga is have a, for their games, all you need is a fancy PowerPoint presentation to prototype it. Yeah, they were talking shit about him the whole time. Yeah. But, but, um, but his advice, though, that I thought was really true was like, okay, so you don't know programming. He's like, find a way with cards or, or a janky-ass version of a board game tabletop mm. To mm-hmm. demonstrate that the mechanics you have are fun to play, mm-hmm. you know, it's like if you it's can the, do if you can do it with the pen and paper, and people are like, "This is interesting," then just imagine what it would be like when they're getting to interact with it. In the remember uh, when Will Wright first announced Spore, and uh, he talked like a really long time about prototyping, how everything that they did was prototyping, and uh, like that's sort of become the the game design mantra ever since then, which is great because that's exactly right. I yeah. think so. You know, just would-be designers. You should find a way to prototype yeah. a t- tabletop if, if you don't know how to program. Yeah, nice. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, that was an, you know that was a really interesting panel that, that I went be, to. Yeah. Especially because, you know, when I saw who was on the panel, I was like, ah, oh, this is no one I've really ever heard of. <laughs> yeah. Let's you know, see but it, it ended up being really cool. Nice. Um, so, Tyler, you've been playing Dawn of War 2 Retribution. Yes, I have. It's uh, your first Dawn of War experience. Yes. After playing Retribution, I actually have been playing through the original Dawn of War 2 again mm. for, like, my third time. So it's um, like, because I've played the other Dawn of War games just because you kept recommending them to me, and uh, I never got a chance to finish them. I liked them as much as I played them, but I never did much. Retribution's fun because it's it's generally pretty short, mm. and you get to play, you can pick any of the six armies and play through the same campaign. You know, the only thing is is that, that I have to say, they, they really don't do as great. I mean, I'm not saying that Dawn of War 2 did an amazing job, but they don't do a very good job of developing the characters Mm. of the other races because you can be any of the six and Mm -hmm. because they all have to fit in the storyline. Right. Whereas Dawn of War 2 had a very specific story to tell about this group of five space marine captains. (laughs) Right, right. Commanders. Yeah. Yeah, and and just coming from my experience on it, you know, I I, I totally get where you're coming from because to me it's less about the sort of individuals of the six races and it's more about the general story of the six races. All interacting with each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But I'm, you know, I'm... And even Retribution, when you get far enough, sorry, I didn't mean to... No, no. Even Retribution, when you get to it, ultimately, is still the Space Marine story. Mm-hmm. Like, you find that out by the end, that really this is just concluding the arc of Dawn of War 2 and Dawn of War 2, whatever, <laughs> Chaos Rising. Oh, right. So, this is really concluding the Space Marine story. Yeah. You know, but I... To, to me, the fact that they allow players to choose six different races through a campaign i i give them a complete pass on on sort of quote unquote scare quotes recycling the single player oh yeah it had to be mm-hmm. a bitch uh, that's, to balance and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah to me that to me it's so awesome to have the choice instead of one race for a whole campaign i mean you know starcraft 2 you know came at it at a different angle in that they they gave you the um the brief time where you played as the protoss yeah, and I will say that though, in StarCraft Two in general, still has way better levels, like yeah. way cooler mm. campaign. Sure, levels. sure. The mission but, designs are better. Like I think, the, I think yeah. that Dawn of War Two what it has going for it is every skirmish is maybe a little bit more exciting mm-hmm. than StarCraft Two, mm. but overall the levels in StarCraft Two are more exciting yeah. as a whole. Here's right. here's what I will say though is that as far as what I enjoy with RTS is I'm I'm enjoying Dawn of War Two more than I enjoyed StarCraft Two, and I see myself. I mean, I don't own StarCraft 2, but I can't imagine that I would have played it twice, whereas I really want to play through it again as soon as I'm done it's easy with, with the Imperial Guard. Yeah, it's easy with Dawn of War because there's no base building. There's no waiting for yeah. resources to gather. 
you're constantly on the move. And the cool thing is, is, is controlling the hero units. Um, you know, I'm really practicing my uh, my my key commands. Hot you know, keys. My hot keys. The left hand. Yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, but uh, and um, it's just a ton of fun. You know, switching between your four guys, or you know, if you're bringing troops with you, um, and just using their individual powers to turn the tide. Like, yeah, there's exactly. like something like, oh, this isn't going to work. Oh, but this one guy totally comes through. Exactly. With the yeah. one saving move. And, you know, if if you want, you can roll with your four heroes from the start of a mission, or you can... Um, Switch out yeah. up to three of them for a special unit that is free to respawn, and they have additional benefits, and every unit of that type also gets extra benefits. So, like, if you switch out one of your heroes, it'll be like, oh... All of your shooting troops will now have a 25% accuracy bonus for this mission if so you don't take there, a hero. So is there, I mean, is it just kind of a, it's just a choice if you want to mix up the gameplay? There's no real benefit to choosing one over the right, other? Right, you can still call it, like, unlike the previous Dawn of War games, you can still call in additional foot troops that mm-hmm. aren't led by a hero, which mm-hmm. the other two Dawn of War games, every squad was led by a hero. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's just maybe you don't think that, those extra heroes powers are going to come into benefit whereas having some extra buffed out version of this troop is going to be especially useful gotcha you know like for instance you have a guy that's like your heavy machine gunner he has to take time to set up and take down his turret but later on in the game if you choose not to take him then all the machine guns you bring don't have to set up and take down they can instantly set up and fire so why so would like, you ever take him again? Well, well because, because he can carry certain guns that they can never carry. Uh, yeah, and some and, of his guns are ridiculous. Yeah, and he, <laughs> and he has uh, he has several powers that he can use. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, whereas like the g- generic troops might have one power. Oh, I yeah, see. You know, and you know right. he's got he's got maybe he has certain items that give him like the ability to call in turrets or yeah. something. You know, because they just like the other Dawn of War two games, they still have the war gear. That makes it like a little bit of a loot grind. Mm-hmm. And unlike the previous Dawn of War 2 games that were kind of annoying where it was like, you leveled up, you have two points you can put in wherever you want. In this game, every time you level up, it is a new power. There is no oh, building wow. up towards a power with points that don't mean anything. Every point you put in is a new yeah. ability. Or if it's not a new power, it's like some kind of like passive perk. What's well, I mean, you know? every time you're getting something. Yeah, though. yeah, you it's always It's not like previously do. where you were just like, oh, two points towards nothing, but right. I gotta put them in. Well, that's yeah. sort of the way, right? I mean, it's even that case, it's even the case with Dragon Age. You know, every time you level up, you can spend, you get a new power or you can expand one of your existing powers. Right, it's not like previous games, like maybe an older Diablo where it was like, oh, right. well, you gotta put two points in to get to the third point for the next level where you can finally actually get mm-hmm. it. Um, and they really make the loot you know, when you're sorting out your loot and you're sorting out your leveling, they make that really uh, interesting in that you do that right after you're, you're done with the mission. So they do a lot of the next mission banter while you're exactly switching the stuff out you on your troops. You have a reason to listen to it. Yeah. As opposed nice. to, I mean, in, in StarCraft, you listen to it because it's interesting, right? Right. And you like <laughs> want to sit in that mission briefing. And this, it might not be as interesting, but you still get it all because you're like, okay, this is something to be background noise while mm-hmm. I sort, mm-hmm. sort out my gear. Yeah, instead of just right. sitting there and um cool. You know, and uh, I That's a nice touch. Yeah, I, I I you know, I'm really loving a lot of the creative powers uh that so far I've, I'm only playing as the Imperial Guard, which is a brand new race I'm told to the Dawn of War. Mm. To Dawn of War 2. Dawn yeah. of War 2 that is mm. uh and uh, you know, they're they're like kind of like this British very warlike tribe. They're basically <laughs> like a crazy Cockney people, yeah. basically, uh-huh. with guns and super expendable, and you know, very much like you, you, 
you're you're worth as much as you are a soldier you know yeah and they tell you that all the time right you should, you're not worth a lot <laughs> and so like they one of the heroes you have is he's called the commissar and uh his one you know one of his duties we've talked about on the show before is like he you can assign him to execute one of your generic soldiers like if you have a rifleman squad he'll kill wow. one of them but then it'll buff that rifleman squad for you know a certain amount of time and as you level up <laughs> the commissar yeah fear. yeah it's so awesome <laughs> but as you level up your commissar uh you know you can make that power level up things like where it makes your um the guys that are buffed br- temporarily invincible or yeah you know yeah. a lot of cool until shit you like run that. out of guys to execute yeah <laughs> i i just think that uh this is probably one of the it's a really good dawn of war game and mm-hmm. then as a 30 dollar price point it's just crazy yeah wow, i'm nice. i'm loving it i cool i'm having a lot of fun with it to me it's exactly what I want Company of Heroes to be. And I know like a lot of people, you know, they love the base building. But, like, uh, Company of Heroes, the this, base building was always kind of a means to an it, end. It wasn't very mm, fun or interesting. Yeah, mm. it's, I, I like the way they do in Dawn of War 2 because it's like all the stages are, um, you know, are linear. You know, you're always progressing, you're moving forward. And when you move forward, you cap a new point and that mm-hmm. becomes sort of like your quote-unquote checkpoint. Yeah, and if where you, you retreat, can spawn guys and if from. you retreat, you fall back to that yeah, point. Yeah, it's real, it's... It's a lot of fun, and uh, it looks great. It looks good. I feel. Yeah. It seems like it would be more, uh, more of a, uh, a more accessible RTS design as well. Mm-hmm. You know, when you don't, uh, when you don't have, uh, who knows how many variables to keep track. I think of Arthur ones, was the one that said it originally that he felt like, in a lot of ways, and I agree with him. Dawn of War Two is like the first game that felt like you know this could make it on consoles. Probably. Yeah, it, it does. Mm. It it feels streamlined but still complicated. For all those console dummies, or com- complex, it's complex. Well, not console dummies, but I'm it feels kidding. like it could work with a controller fairly well. Yeah, because it's not about having gigantic forces; it's about yeah. squads. And you know, if you love the Warhammer like universe, it's still great. And I think I just love <laughs> this silly kind of not too serious. Yeah, world yeah. Of Warhammer. They, yeah. they, they. Play a nice balance on it, right? I mean, it's like it's supposed to be a serious story, but there's all kinds of moments where it's like super tongue in cheek. <laughs> Well, you yep. can tell just by looking at all these little painted figurines you have on your table here. Yeah, they're always they're absurd. Anthony's Anthony's been buying a lot of pre-painted figurines online of uh, Warhammer stuff. Have you have you actually gone to the comic book shop yet and had any actual games? Uh, in their, I've played in their actual I've played actual games with my, with my friend dusty Paul. Back room. Um, <laughs> I haven't played actual games with the guys because they meet on Thursdays, and, uh, so I haven't gone yet. Right, but uh, yeah, no, I've played games with Paul, and it's it's actually. What I will say is I used to turn my nose up at Warhammer 40K, mm-hmm. and uh, it, I think it's actually, in a lot of ways, a superior game to Fantasy now. Which I've is never actually, I've I've never actually never played say. 40K. Is it is it done by measurement, or is it done by hexagrid? It's done by measurement, but it's okay. it, 40, whereas Fantasy is like the type of game where you're like, three hours is a super fast game. Yeah. 40K is like the speedy man's game. You cool. can be done with a game of that in like 40 minutes. It sounds so. like fun to me. Exactly. That's yeah. the thing. Like, as more, time gets more precious to me. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, Who's doing the MMO? The MMO 40K is being done by the guys that made Darksiders. That's um, right. Okay. Which if you saw the art of sense. Darksiders, yeah. you know, you were like, oh, the art looks like Warhammer yeah, 40K. Yeah, it so does. Yeah. That but, was Joe Madura. Yeah, the designs for that. Yeah, and he, I mean, and his art style is just like it looks. It reminds yeah. me a lot of Warhammer. Like, yeah, it's owns, all like bulky and everything. It's like it's, he owns it's, that studio, right? Yeah. Okay. 
It's somewhere in between like Blizzard's World of Warcraft style and like Warhammer 40k style. Yeah, like, I feel like it's Blizzard through the manga filter. Where, <laughs> where is that game right now? How is its state? Has have people seen it? No, what, one, the MMO, no one's ever idea. seen it. Oh, okay, um, I have. Know, I just I don't want to tell you about it. They're a big. They're a big studio, so maybe they're working. Some of them on Darksiders too. Some of them on that. But what, I don't know. Was 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 it the one that I read recently that they're like throwing a ton of money at it? I'm sure they want to, but <laughs> apparently they spent 50 million That's, on Homefront, so I'm not no. surprised. Jesus Christ! I wonder how much of that is studio before upkeep. advertising. I wonder how much of that is studio upkeep costs because they're in New York City. Oh well, well, if you have a big studio in New York City, that's got to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. That's a um, game. Yeah. Damn. Although there's a lot of a uh, a lot of. Uh, City business rents have gone down over the last three or four years. Yeah, but I imagine paying employees a wage where they can live in the city is not. Oh, that's true too. Um. Anyways, anyways, besides the point. Yes, Tyler, Tom War, you enjoyed it, which is good. Very much so. Nice. I'm still enjoying it. Yeah, me too. Nice. So I still, I still think that if you're only going to go by one, you should get that. Does it and also, have the a... embargo is up for Shogun at this point. Oh, say, Total War Shogun 2. And I will say that I, my very little experience with it, and I read our review or Fried Jan's review of it. Right. I was like, this sounds like like finally that company is doing everyone right. Wow. Like, it's not the buggy shit that they've released over and over again. Because I've always wanted to, like, really get into a Total War. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the I, I played... A, I played I definitely played Medieval Total War uh-huh. until I just couldn't put up with it anymore. And Napoleon was, you know, of course, notorious for it. Like, yeah. Arthur had, like, recurring problems with mm-hmm. getting Napoleon. Oh, I mean, everybody has had recurring problems with every Total yeah. War game. Yeah. So, but this one... And Charles said that Shogun crashed to desktop at least five or six times while right, he was reviewing but, it. But wow. But in general, the sad part thing is that that is much more stable than the other ones have been. <laughs> but it, it, but uh, it still looks super cool, though, man. It is, it and that's the thing. Is he described everything to me that you can do and stuff. It's mm-hmm. it, and every time I've seen it play, it is visually impressive. Mm-hmm. It is like a PC ass PC game. If you want a game <laughs> where you're like, I want to see my new PC doing beautiful things, right. that mm-hmm. is like a cool game to do it. <laughs> but I I am really excited to try that. Yeah. So it's like the first game Sega's released in a long time that I've been like, hey. I didn't realize it was Sega. Yep. Wow. I mean, the the publisher. They yeah. Had zero right, to do with yeah. developing it. Of um, so uh, that was you know that's pretty much it for me, guys. Nice. I finished uh, Killzone Three. Yeah. And the other night, um, I I feel like some of the later levels are a lot of fun. Like they're, uh, you know, I, I have well, to I say, think a lot of that has to do with having like the badass weapons at the end too. Yes and no because. You know, at the end, I found myself mostly using the heavy MG. Really, I I was I pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I mean, pretty I much. If you that got gun. that one weapon, that's all you used. Yeah, well, the I mean, green I, shooting one. Yeah, I, I didn't like it. I the, don't the like what shooting I never one? Used Sorry, the green. The one that shoots out the ball. Oh, that yeah, rips yeah, yeah, guys yeah. apart. Green shit. Right. I actually I I liked that one, but the the gun that I was having the most fun with and was the most effective with was the. Um, the Not bolter, a, the bolter. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, that one's bolter. pretty bad. Of course, the bolter is yeah. awesome. Yeah, but but you know, you know, I was playing it, Matt. I was thinking about what you're saying about cover in th- in first person shooters, and I I really feel like it works here in Killzone, man. It's oh, it's really really done well, and I love what they do with the heavy. Ma- I didn't realize this before, but if you're have if you have the heavy machine gun, mm-hmm. it's the most accurate. Uh, you know, if if you clamp down behind cover. 
you get a super tight yeah and then you can you can clamp down behind cover and then yeah Yeah. and then zoom in and like yeah it's great yeah um that's why that's why again when i saw the battlefield 3 stuff i'm like why is there no cover it's just gonna feel weird to be in this super realistic situation and not be able to take cover along a wall yeah, and the way they do it in Killzone is uh it's nice. It's really smooth, it flows. So without spoiling well. the ending. Tell me <laughs> tell me though that like story wise and stuff it isn't like the dumbest ending. It's it's just like it's just like it's just like dumbest shit. It's just like and blah, 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 and the game's over. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, What? It's over. It is a waterfall of video game game cliches. It is. Oh yeah. It, Absolutely. It's, and, uh, you know, I, I swear there are, like, four lines in the whole game. Hey, follow orders. No, fuck you. Attack. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Script done. <laughs> so true. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty right. It's funny because it's true. It's annoying. But yeah. I, I, I do feel the game, the front end of the game is not as good as the back end. So... Mm-hmm. You know, if you find yourself playing through it and like you don't want to finish, I would say plug through. Although, I do have to admit, you know, the a lot of the on rails vehicle sections. Come on, dude! I just really? felt I like it they was were pretty good. They, I feel I, like they're there because they think they need to be there. They don't really serve I liked much purpose. The tank part, the yeah. the one I didn't like as much was the snow one. That yeah, one, I, I, snow I, one I, was real. Shy. I liked the um um. I I don't know. For me, it's just. I get, especially with a game like Killzone that doesn't really have any breakup in the pacing when you're shooting, that's the, like, the only breaks I really felt I got were, like, those vehicle sections. Yeah, I I guess I felt like they were generic in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and, and the ones in True. particular that I thought were generic were when they would throw you in the vehicles that were not your troop transport. Fuck the troop transport, dumbest you know, vehicle ever. Yeah, like, like, dumbest like we, design <laughs> in the world. Like every ever time, of. every time, like it came up in a cutscene with a troop transport. Like uh, Ryan and Jay Fresh sw- and I were sitting there, and we were just like, "What the hell, dude? Yeah. Seriously, what the hell?" I mean, not only are you like open topped and vulnerable, <laughs> but then if you don't forget to strap in your seatbelt, you just and fall nobody's to your strapped death. in. They're all <laughs> yeah. just sort of like crouched behind the railing. God like, forbid that guy hits any fuck. turbulence. Yeah. And they obviously fly like shit because yeah. everyone you see crashes. <laughs> everyone. Yep. <laughs> Really yeah. is the dumbest invention ever. I mean, like you know the oh, the the, the universe cool of Killzone to me. It's just like what it's it's rword.org. It's seriously. It is. really yeah. It you gets guys to are that really level. really killing Anthony here. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. You are so full of crap. You love that that game's fiction. <laughs> oh, I like the fiction, but I agree that. Oh the, yeah, I agree. The troop transports are idiotic. The only troop yeah. transport that makes sense are the Hellgast ones, right? They're right. flying transports. What are they? These big, gigantic flat ships yes. with armored steel Guns panels around that, them. They exactly. open up, or yeah, or or the ground transports are these hardcore like APC tank. looking things yeah. where a back opens and it's up not, and, and guys it's not come like, out. And it's not like you're supposed to be like these uh, these rebels that don't have any equipment. Right, you're supposed or whatever. to be the best equipped army in the universe. Yeah, exactly. So I know it's yeah, and you're equipped with shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's supposed to be a commentary on Americans going to war in Iraq without being prepared, but I doubt it. Yeah, they do, cool. I will say their army is very forward-thinking, though, because they let you have faux hawks. Faux hawks are fucking. I'm like, wow. There's definitely some Europeans that made this game. Yeah, <laughs> they have women in forward combat uh, operations. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> One at least. Yeah. <laughs> One. What yeah. woman would be dumb enough to be anywhere near that squad? Yeah. <laughs> true. None. <laughs> Dude, 
Yeah, if if uh, if you happen to be stranded on an alien planet with that squad, you'd be like, you guys go that way. I'm going the fucking other way. Yeah, I'm going to go any <laughs> other way. Yeah. God. Killzone 3 also has one of the dumbest overblown endings I've ever seen in a game. Like, the way it ends is just like, you know, like overstated a, a bit That's much. I'm saying. The story, yeah. the story of a that bit. game is just not good. No, all. not even sort of. <laughs> Not remotely. Yeah. But I still thought that the shooting and the combat situations they put you in and all that and the pacing is still really good. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, especially the missions towards the end, you know, when they really start opening up the level design. And there's, like, a part mm. that they do towards the end with gravity. Yeah. That I thought was so cool that I was like, I'm glad in a way that you didn't abuse this all over the place, but, mm-hmm. man, I wish I would have gotten a little bit more of it. I yeah. felt like they did just enough. Hmm. You got to grab mm-hmm. the heavy machine gun when you get to that part because it's badass to see your bullets flying up and not down. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Yeah. Kills on three, you know, it, it's it's definitely worth it, especially because the multiplayer is so strong. So that's what I thought. I, I was like, if you have a PS3, to me that's like, and you like shooters, it's like a must buy. Mm. Definitely, like, it's like it's like a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Don't play it with move. I played it with Move. I thought it was okay. So that's other weird. People, I hear a bunch of people exactly. Other people I've heard being like, "It's the way to play." Oh to my me, god! Like, like I don't know. Maybe you just have to have it set up correctly or something. I mean, we messed around with those settings forever because you know, like, basically made it a tall, thin triangle, so that it uh, it took a lot for you to to move up or down because uh, otherwise it was like it was constantly staring at the floor or at the sky unintentionally. Uh, I mean, you, you make the like. It is nice that you can form the dead zone however you want it to form it to be comfortable to you. Um, so that's a nice touch. But I always found it like no matter what I set the sensitivity at, um, any of us that were pointing at the screen, the crosshair was just jittering constantly. You know, like we're fucking super old people with really bad hearts trying I to I did play like, this game. though, that, there, that with the move controls, there was two settings where you could have it where you could auto lock onto a guy. Right, and then you could from them, like point at his toe and point at his head. Right, and I, I mean, think that like, that's a cool feature for people that want that. I didn't like playing that way. Right, but. right. I feel like that's the only way to like. I mean, that's probably the only way to make it play to where it feels like you have some semblance of good control. control. Yeah, because you know, and and I had such a contrast to that because then that I played Killzone three that week, and then the next week I went to GDC and I played SOCOM four with the gun, uh, with the 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 move gun thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't really care about that thing, you know, whatever, but, uh, the crosshair on the screen was solid and still and felt really good when I was mm. aiming around and stuff like that. And it felt way better than kill zone for me. Uh, you know, aesthetics are a big part of a game for me. And, mm. um, kill zone is just has so many great aesthetics. One thing it that is beautiful. I would just never play it with move because I think the cursor is just dog ugly. It's like the best <laughs> looking is, yeah. kill zone two is like the best. I mean, kill zone is like the best looking, World War Two shooter that isn't a World War Two shooter. <laughs> I'm just saying the destroyed buildings and yeah, everything yeah. look like the blown out pictures of Definitely. like World War Two or totally something true, you'd see. Yeah, yeah. So. with faux hawks, with faux hawks. But <laughs> you really have a problem with faux hawks. I do. I just think, I think that, they're awful. I just think that it's like the stereotypical thing to give hero characters for whatever reason <laughs> all the time. Faux hawks. Yeah, like I, I don't know. European five years ago, thing. it's so five years ago. Um, any so. hoovers? Anybody yeah. what, that. Anything so else? Kills on three and Tyler's Dawn of War for use. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nice. Word man, Matt. Uh, I've been working like a dog last week, so the only game that I had a chance to play was when I was sick on Saturday and decided I wasn't going to work on Saturday. Uh-huh. Played Dragon Age all day long. So y- two. You're talking two. about two. Yes. So 
I've heard mixed things from people I know that like Dragon Age. Yeah. A couple of my friends said they liked it better. A couple mm-hmm. of my friends said they don't like it better. I'm a huge I'm a huge Dragon Age fan. There's things that I miss about the first one. Um but I can see where they put their development resources into this one and uh the storytelling is better. Mm-hmm. Like That's uh, what that's what I've heard generally. Yeah, the storytelling is better and like if I'm playing an RPG that's my number one factor as to like how good an RPG is, is how good the storytelling is. So what type of a uh, character are you playing? Are you a good person? Uh, I've been like the, you know how that has the mass effect, like dialogue choices, sure. but this one, it actually gives you little indicators like a, like a fig leaf or a, a piece, you know, leaf or mm, whatever. And, okay. and then there's one that's like the comedy mask from the comedy tragedy, you know, drama mask or whatever. And I almost always pick the comedy one because I play like a wisecracking rogue. Nice. And, uh, it's great. I, I love the way it always turns out. That's the one I, I pick the most office. Unless I feel like my character would be really pissed right here or my character would be like trying to smooth things over right here. And it's uh, and I like that because it is like Mass Effect and so I can sort of play the character as it would feel in that situation and nothing ever feels like the quote-unquote wrong choice. Other important question, who are you banging? <laughs> uh, I've got like three or four people on the ropes right now. I'm not Whoa! sure. I'm not sure how it's going to end up. Who are you, Scott Bromley? <laughs> <laughs> good, good to hear. So one thing, uh, one, one thing gender I'm... doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you, Scott Bromley? <laughs> I'm curious. We touched. Have a hole. <laughs> uh, we touched a bit on it uh, last week, but um, you know, because a lot of people have been, uh, you know putting complaints to a lot of RPGs that are not quote-unquote RPG enough. enough. Yeah. How is Dragon Age too RPG enough and is Bioware trying to make it more RPG through dialogue? Yeah, because it seems like is the that, combat is less RPG, right? Am I uh, wrong no, the combat, the combat is great. Like, I love the combat. I okay. think the combat is actually better than Dragon Age 1's. Like, the powers are better. The way that the classes interact with one another is better. Like, you can always... It doesn't matter what your class is. If you're rogue, mage, or warrior, you always have abilities that the other two can exploit. Like if you stagger an enemy or if you disorient an enemy or whatever, there's there's always these uh, these cross class combinations that do mega damage if you if you execute them and time them well. I guess, and people, it works out fantastic. It's so much better than Dragon Age One. In that I guess regard. people were just kind of worried for a while that the that this one, especially when they would see builds of it on 360 and stuff, was mm-hmm. that it was going to be like a button mashy action game. As opposed Doesn't to more of the like stop that. and pause. I mean, the talking points that Bioware had for Dragon Age 2 didn't fucking help matters Yeah, press A and it'll be awesome. Or yeah, oh no, I'm sure. And, I, and like, I'm sure it can work that way if it's on easy, but I'm playing on normal. And uh, being somewhat later in the game, I just started... Uh, I'm like at the end of the second act. No, I must have just started the third act, yeah. And you can sort of tell because there's like these major events that happen that, that move the plot forward. And... Uh, so the um, it's really cool because uh, like in Dragon Age One, once the, once I got later into the game, if I'm not paying attention to what my characters are doing, they die. Mm. You know, like I can't just play press A to be awesome, or I guess the equivalent is PC is right click to be awesome. You know, <laughs> um, the doesn't have as good of a ring to it, does it? Right click to be awesome, but I. I have to play tactically. I have to use the cross-class combinations. I have to plan out my abilities and strategies really well. And like there are, they do fun things where it's like they'll throw hordes of like lower level enemies at you with a boss interspersed in them here and there. So, you know, I, I have a rogue character and rogues regain stamina when they attack. 
but I also have an ability because I, I went down the assassin tree where that if I kill some kill a creature, it also builds back stamina. So the strategy, of course, is to like kill a lot of low-level creatures to build up your stamina and then use that stamina against the boss. And meanwhile, the boss has to be uh, sort of crowd-controlled by your mage and by your warrior. And uh, if that's your combination, you know, mm-hmm. I've also discovered that if you do things right and if you move around the battlefield a lot, you can have like all DPS characters. So, I mean, it it really just comes down to a little bit of like, all right, well, what characters do I want to take with me while I'm going through this? And I've only once or twice run into a situation where it's like, well, I really needed a tank for this battle, you know. You know, it was crazy, actually, just because you're making me think of RPGs. The crate, the longest line at PAX East was for uh, Old Republic. Oh, I, really? I, I'm glad it, you brought it, was, it up. It was an eight-hour wait to I play the Old Republic. I am so not surprised. But that's also because the demo was a 45-minute demo. Oh, <laughs> shit. Wow, nice. Okay, so. yeah, I mean, I'm, I am very interested in this game. Me I mean, I've too. played it a few times, and every time I played it's it as a person, sure well, yeah, I was like, this is, <laughs> this is an MMO with some dialogue trees, but there wasn't anything special really? about the combat and stuff. Really? Yeah. Well, I've only looked over people's shoulders at, like, PAX last year and E3 and stuff like that, and, yeah, it did just look like MMO combat, and I'm like, yeah, I don't that, know if there this was is anything special, interesting. The only thing that was special about it was the setting and, it, and the fact that it has spoken dialogue the whole time. Yeah. You know? I don't know if that'll be enough to keep me playing. I don't know if it'll be enough to keep me either. And I because I've already given up on World of Warcraft again. So I mean, like, have you really? I, yeah, I played Cataclysm and I had a really good time with it. And now, and once I got to the end game grind, I was like, all right, that's it. So I don't know. Like it would, it would have. But I did start playing Rift. Also, I should say, like last week, right after, like the day after we recorded, and uh, it's it does seem like. Uh, it is kind of a WoW clone, but in a good way. I was going to say, it's really well done. Everyone I've yeah. heard talk about it says that that's like it's actually, the next potentially cool MMO. Yeah, because it's actually high quality and it runs well and it plays well and you feel you don't feel like uh, you don't feel like things are weirdly imbalanced and it moves forward at a good clip from one quest to another. And one thing I've noticed watching our MMO editor play it at IGN is... Uh, it seems like there's enough dynamic events that happen in the world mm-hmm. to keep it interesting where you're never just like, well, the only thing I really can do is the next question. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this event's happening right now. I can totally jump in on this event. Yeah, too. and I found myself doing that a lot. Like when the rifts open up and it shows right up on your map. Oh, look, there's a rift opening up. And if you're in the right level zone, you're going to be able to do effective combat in that rift area. And you always get really good rewards for it. Nice. So everybody in the area runs to the rift. Cool. Is it kind of like Oblivion Gates? Yeah, it is. And and another thing I think that game does that's super cool that WoW really should get going Mm. is uh, when you run into an area and a bunch of people are there, it Mm. automatically, if you just get in proximity, it would be like, do you want to join the raid? WoW does that in certain areas. Oh, does it? Yeah. Like if you do the... uh, it doesn't. It doesn't do that though in like the PVE stuff the way that Rift does it. It only does it in PVP stuff. Ah, uh, that's why I haven't seen very yeah. much of it in WoW. And I mean, like in like in the latest, like in Cataclysm, um, when they released it and in some subsequent patches, there will be things like if you need to kill a boss character so that people aren't spawn camping the boss all the time. If you go in and just get a hit on it, then it counts as you. A, you Joining know, the party or whatever. Yeah, you get credit for when it dies, but you don't actually join the party. Okay. And so, like, I do like that about Rift. Like, you get enough people. Like, it automatically gives a group. If there's enough groups in there, then it automatically creates a raid for, like, the Rift battle. Right. And it's cool. It's nice. It's fun. It, it totally gives you that. Um, and I'm playing a healer character for the first time ever in an MMO. And so I hop in there, and, like, I see all the raid 
the raid uh, interface pop up and see everybody's health bar and I'm like heal this person, heal that person, attack, heal. And the and I do like also in Rift that it has this the skill trees that you can that you can swap out all the time. Like they call them souls and you can uh, uh, they learn you know what took Blizzard a while to, to realize and implement that you need to be able to switch out specs and be able to do different things at different times. Yes, being being late in the game has its benefits. Exactly. They they learned they learned from all the stuff that WoW went from and they made a really competent MMO. Like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to keep playing it. I'm interested to see like you know, if I sort of casually do it and reach the end game, am I gonna be like, oh well here's the end game grind, fuck this. Right. It just seems like all the MMOs I've heard come out in like the last like well, basically, since WoW, right? Yeah, is like every one that comes out, people play for the mer- first month. Like, that was cool, but eh. Yeah. And this is like the first one I've heard talking about. We're like, holy shit! It's like what you said. It's like competent. Yeah, it's fun. It looks great. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like all these things that people are like. Oh, this one might actually last beyond the first month where everyone had it for free. Yeah, and, and th- I don't know if you if you think this, Anthony, but it seems to me like a lot of the MMOs out there are like. They know they have to be like WoW, but they're trying really, really hard not to be. Yeah. And they kind of fail and at it. This one just owns it. Yeah, this one just owns it. You're just, you're just like, fuck it. We're going to be like WoW, and then we're going to add some features on top of it that are going to make it interesting. And that's in, you know, that doesn't sound like a good thing, but you look at the rest of the gaming universe, and that's how we've always improved. Well, kind of picture games, it like this, you know? right? If you're a WoW player. And you're burnt out on Azeroth because you've played through <laughs> multiple characters on the Horde yeah. and the Alliance and you've seen all the quests. So this is a game where you can go in, be immediately familiar with enough new mechanics that it's like kind of interesting to you right off the bat. Yeah. And you can explore quests that you've never done before. Yeah, like For exactly. some people, that's enough. Yeah. And for like my healer character, you know, I can, uh, I can go like, oh, I'm DPS now. Oh, I'm heal. Oh, I'm a little bit of both. And you can sort of do it just kind of on the fly. It's fun. So... Uh, so, um, but uh, one last thing I want to say about Dragon Age is that, like, I super miss the one thing that I really miss about like the RPG ness of it is I can't be a, a different race. I have to be a human, and I'm stuck being a human. Trust me, I think about that, and I don't I haven't even played it yet. <laughs> Why can't I be a dwarf? That's that's the <laughs> one thing that bothers me is that like you know there's. Dragon Age was sort of the, the the last hurrah of old school MMOs where you could be like a bunch of different racing I've, racing I've class My friends that have played it though have told me that uh, the result of that though is that there's kind of stronger storytelling because they there know you're going is. to be this human. Yep. So there absolutely is, but you know, I did. I was one of the people that when I was done with the first Dragon Age, I went back and played all the origin stories. And mm. But apparently that was exceedingly rare. Most people didn't do it, so they didn't bother putting that kind of thing in in this game. Mm. So, I, you know, I get why they did it. I'm just a little bit disappointed with it. I um, understand the feeling, too. Uh, you know, when I was getting way into the Mass Effect lore, even mm-hmm. before the first game came out, you know, I was getting my game boner on. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, I, I have to admit, like, I was wondering, like, oh, man, if you could play as a Solarian, like, I wonder what kind of bonuses you would get. Or if you, could, <laughs> you know, yeah. if you could be one of the alien races. Yeah, you know? exactly. Well, speaking of game boners, I know there's no information on it yet, but Tribes Ascend. What? What? Some new Tribes. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. It's coming com- out for, for Xbox. But it's going to yeah. be on Xbox Live Arcade, so it's going to be for babies. Who makes it? Eh. Who's making it? You know, uh, high res studios, the same people that did uh, glo- that do a uh, global agenda, oh. and they're also working on supposedly tribes universe, which I guess is a tribes MMO or something mm-hmm. like that. Haven't seen any details on that either, so who knows? It could totally suck. It's just like anything that comes that's just like you know, because we have like that one on instant action. 
Fallen Empire legions that's like trying to be spiritual successor to tribes. Yeah, but I don't want the spiritual successor. I want fucking tribes. I want tribes updated to, you know, modern systems and modern consoles. So, like, anybody who's trying to make that effort, I applaud you. Do not fail me, but I (laughs) applaud you. Um, So, real quick, because uh, we talked about MMOs, and that's the shit that you know, definitely makes Arthur want to kill, rip his eyeballs out of his face. Before we get off that that uh, train, let's I just go want, talk about iPhone. No, games I, too. Well, I just want to give one shout out to one iPhone game. I'm not going to talk about. I'm not going to say what it is. I'm just going to say its name. You should uh, play it. It is called Hot Springs Story. That's all. From the makers of Game I Dev Story. I started playing it. I can't get into it the way I did Game Dev Story. Well, anyway, it's awesome. On. Arthur, what have you been playing? Uh, let's see. Well, um. I can't really say much more about Crisis. Like I had a preview go up this week. You can week, expect us to talk about Crisis at length next, next week. week. Yeah, at least one of the versions. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, uh, I p- played through and finished Homefront against my better judgment over the weekend. I also played through it. Dude, it, was it uh, so awesome? Yeah, I am of the opinion, as I told you at dinner, that Homefront is poop from a butt. <laughs> or as I thought, Homefront was okay. Eh. Was it worth a I, Korean taco? No, I no. so wanted wanted Homefront to be really well, great. Like right. it's, I don't know, I really want. I, I don't to... think it's it's definitely not great, but no. I thought it was like I did not regret playing through it. Oh, okay, mm. you know, and <laughs> and if you can get a copy of it for PC cheap and people are playing the multiplayer, it might actually be worth it because it's mm. those guys were multiplayer modders to start, right, and their right. multiplayer is still good. It's like you know, obviously a take on Battlefield. Yeah. Unfortunately, but, right now their multiplayer is being completely dominated by snipers, and they have nothing in place to stop it. Ah, oops. See, which is sort of what happened to Medal of Honor, which, which is also Medal of Honor. which is also <laughs> right. what I think kind of happened to Frontline's Fuel War, their last game, oh, was really? that people just abused snipers. So. Um, which I think <sighs> comes from their battlefield modding, right? That battlefield yeah. two, yeah. So. It's too easy to big abuse, wide like, open spaces with fucking snipers and everywhere. Vehicles, yeah, especially when you're on the P- when you're on a PC, sniping is so easy on PC. Yeah. Well, I know Arthur that uh, that they were really trying to push the single player too. Yeah, like well, the single player, first of all, is about four hours, maybe. It took me about. Mm. F- it took me like five, but yeah, um, it's not very long. Mm. Is it's, it? It's hideous, first of all. Like Graphically. I think it looks like an Xbox game. Anthony thinks I'm exaggerating. I don't think it looks quite that bad. But it's it's definitely like if if you are not looking at the character models of like the three people you're rolling with at any given time, mm-hmm. uh, they it's obvious that they're like, <laughs> we have resources for them and no one else. Man, I think <laughs> the three character models you roll around with all the time look terrible too. Like, oh, I'm s- but, all, I'm, but I'm saying... Compared to everyone else, <laughs> like they put more detail into them than everyone so you're, else. So you're saying it actually does look like a mod. <laughs> it doesn't look particularly. It doesn't look good. Mm, that's too it bad. Just, I mean, there are times when it runs. The resolution feels really low. Like it, it's mm. definitely way sub HD to the point where there are things in the environment that remind me of like Half Life Two running in a in software mode. I don't oh, know, wow. or Half-Life in software mode. Did you ever play Half-Life? Oh yeah, in I played Half-Life mode? in software mode. I didn't or have Quake a 3D video in software card. mode. Yeah. Um That's like crazy. there are points where lighting effects like it was just like a square, like a discolored square <laughs> that would shift whenever I went over <laughs> I, a certain but, thing and uh, Did you play it on PC at all? I did play a little bit on PC. Mm. So the, the 360 PS3 versions better, are a fucking train wreck. Mm. Uh the PC version was done by Digital Extremes. Mhm. Not chaos. Well, uh, ported. 
No, I mean, like it was it branched off and they used assets from chaos and did, and basically like oh well, this is what wow. you want us to do right so but I'm saying it's the same it. story and everything it is a it is it is still a it's the same, it's the same game, game but it's a different engine or something or it's it's the same engine it's just actually running <laughs> it's it's not running very well I'll say that it doesn't run wow. nearly as fat as well as it should um, but performance and stuff and graphics like I I never thought they looked good but I still thought. Mm. Now, granted, I did not pay for this, right? Mm-hmm. But having gotten a copy and just borrowed it and played it for a little bit, mm-hmm. I still was not dis- I still enjoyed myself overall having played through it because it was short enough that it wasn't like, right. well, that was what so I said. So, if you do have forever. a GameFly, maybe it's a GameFly. Yeah, totally. I, I, I would, I would GameFly. Arthur, there are so but... many other high-profile shooters and big games. That sure, have come but out when this you're year. looking for something in your downtime, at one point, like. Yeah. You know, I don't maybe know you don't down, want to play Bulletstorm again. I just don't understand like how down your time would need to be to justify <laughs> playing this game. And it's coming out so close to Crisis too, right? Yeah. And they both deal in abstract with like sort USC of uh, invasions. I don't know when would you they recommend... take place within three years of each other? When would you recommend someone play like Medal of Honor or something? Because to me, like I feel like in my I mind, Medal of Honor was a better game than Homefront. I just feel like they're both like six range games to me. Like you mm-hmm. know, at some point, play them. Right. I don't know. I I just think that Medal of Honor is much more successful doing what it wants to do, which is to say, it's not especially successful. One thing, one thing <laughs> that annoyed Homefront me is not successful. One thing mm-hmm. that annoyed me uh, that I thought the chaos should have really pursued more was in Frontlines. You know that one of their big shticks was they were messing with drones a lot and stuff, and in this game they have one drone that you use at one point mm-hmm. and they don't really explore it beyond that. No, yeah, bummer. And I thought that was such a cool aspect because that's obviously going to be such a big part of future warfare. Yeah, but, totally. Oh, well. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, he's the only one that has an arc. Like, there's a character arc to go <laughs> That you care about. <laughs> that you care about. There, there's no one else. Like, everyone else is the thinnest of paper cliches with right. very thinly veiled pot shots at things like the UN and and uh, pinko liberals and stuff like that and it's just <laughs> it's it's a survival I don't mind, it's, I don't mind it's, it's like a militia members like wet dream uh, see, I, <laughs> see I, I i didn't pick up on any of the stuff that were like pot shots at at like liberal people or anything to me we're citizens and soldiers and here is a $25,000 rifle that I'm going to pick up with an ACOG scope yes, they're and citizens just go and to soldiers, town. But I mean, there was a little bit of things because it's the type of dialect you would expect from a resistance movement fighting I, in a country that is occupied. Mm. To me, that's what I got from it. Yeah, I just... Occupied like they, by North Korea. They try, to, sense. they try to market it that it has a really strong story and a very well-developed story. It would have been a lot more interesting had they not. stuck with their original idea, which was that it was going to be occupied by China. The game was always meant to be about China, and then mm-hmm. they changed it because people got cold feet about offending people. Whatever, dude. But so it's okay if Koreans are pissed off, but yeah, China can fuck be North a Korea. No one likes them. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, I mean, it's South Korea too, because North and South Korea unify, and South right, Korea but, is but essentially North, swallowed but, up. But that's mm-hmm. how they get to to sell it: is that it right. really is just a, the face of North Korea, Kim Jong Un's right. son. Right. 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 So. so yeah, I just I I so like, didn't like not only so not only is it a bad game, but they didn't have any balls either. Well, I got uh, the story I heard was that it was more THQ told them mm-hmm. that it could not be about China. Yeah, really? that's bullshit. I mean, I guess THQ Ooh. is trying to get permission to run Company of Heroes online in China. So yeah, well, uh. and I think initially when the game came out to investors that it was about China, there was something mm-hmm. said to them like that's not like by Chinese people that was like mm-hmm. that's not fucking cool. So <laughs> you're like basically not helping tensions. 
by doing something by making a game like this or something. So since when does art have the responsibility to not, not to mention tensions? it? Just it's just so plausible, right? The People's yeah. Liberation Army is the biggest force in the world. Right. You know, the, the the like closest to a navy that like could rival America's. Mm-hmm. They're working on stealth fighters. They're like the only country that really could pose a threat to us at this point, like right. a serious threat. So and it makes for good fiction. Yeah, I mean, what I will say is like, it made me appreciate little things like, you know, it's obviously going to be a lower budget game, but uh, what's their faces? What's the company that makes dirt? Sorry, why am I spacing on this? Um, uh, Codemasters. 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 Yes, yes. The next Operation Flashpoint, which I played again recently, right? which I will say is actually shaping up to be pretty fucking fun. Hmm. Um, now that it's for babies. Now that they've <laughs> scaled it back, yeah. Like, you can still get hurt, but there's no, like, finite amount of bandages. I think you or, can turn uh, that stuff on, though. Yes, you? you can. Wow. Um, but the whole game is four-player co-op. That's a mm-hmm. game I played recently that I was like, you know, nice. if I can get this for cheap, I mm-hmm. might actually, like, buy this and play through it with four friends because it kind of has that whole, like, kind of appeal that Rainbow Six had where you're playing through, like, kind of a hardcore game with friends. But uh, that game, is, that. That game that. is about Americans fighting China. You know, right. they're, they're just like, fuck it. This is what makes the most sense to us. You right. Know? And, you know, I guess since it's Codemasters, people don't freak out as much. So. <laughs> and it's a game that, like, who else has heard about that, right? Right. Like, yeah, know? exactly. So It's not on every bus stop in San Francisco. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'll i be surprised to see Homefront do well long term. Like, this month, maybe it'll sell well. But mm-hmm. then again, uh, fuck, man. THQ has poured so much money into that game. Yeah. Um, like, tens of millions in marketing and 30 to $50 million development budget. Yeah, that's, wow, that's huge. That's uh, I didn't realize the development. I think budget that's was so close big. to Killzone 2's budget. I know, but actually. that's what I'm saying. I wonder how much of that comes from studio overhead of them being in New York. Maybe yeah. that's why they're basically doing that rumored ultimatum of like move to Montreal. Or lose it's not jobs. rumored. I mean, Danny Bilson said publicly that they need to sell two to three million copies to justify that studio. Well, right, but the, it was also the rumor that all the Chaos guys were kind of told you need to move to Montreal. Right, like, we're not going to keep you in New York. I don't see why not. I mean, Canada. I don't understand why they need to keep this. I, this is going to sound bad. I'm sure that there are lots of really nice people that worked on it that have a lot of talent, but this game is so incompetently put together that I don't. To me, yeah. I just don't get. And why it's you a would, second in a row. Why you would mm-hmm. ever want to have a studio in New York City? Like I know that. Like I, I don't mean to shit on the people that live there and love it, but it's just like man. Like of all the places you could try and buy an office and pay people the living wages, like competitive wages, like Jesus. I mean, if they were putting together, if if it was Dice in New York, I'd get it. You mm-hmm. know, if it was mm-hmm. Infinity Ward in New York or Bungie in New York, I would get it. Mm-hmm. But this is a studio that made their name doing mod for a game, and mm-hmm. it put out two retail games, both of which have revo- reviewed fairly poorly. All mm-hmm. things considered, well, it's like well, it's like you know, it's just like a Epic. There's a reason they're in North Carolina. It's cheap. Yeah, I but they're in North Carolina because that's where those people live. I was going to say that's like, what I'm saying. Yeah. But the reason those people live there is, and the reason they can get talent to move out there is, it's like. Right. Well, can, I mean, for they the wages started, they're getting they paid, you can have there. a home. You know? yeah, it's yeah, not, they started it's not quite there. the they same, though. They started there, and then they became Epic, and then just it became... Just like Bethesda being in... Well, I guess, in it's, I guess more in the case, it's like Insomniac. Insomniac opened a studio in North Carolina for there that you reason. Go. Yeah. You know? To poach well, people from you, Epic. Uh, right. You also have this situation where just right across the border, you know, the Canadian government, you know, gives pretty good tax incentives to... Huge tax breaks. Is Montreal just right across the border from New York? Uh, I mean, it's, it's not it's, right. It's, it's, no. you know, it's, it's not right. It's, more, it's super close to Boston, actually. It's like a little oh, bit to the north. It's not, but I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of incentives in 
in Canada, you know, for tax oh, yeah. breaks reasons mm-hmm. and these things. That's right. That's I why... mean, there are just millions of other places that are cheaper, whether it's Seattle mm-hmm. or even probably, it's probably cheaper to have a studio in Los Angeles well, in Ca- in than Canada, it is to have like, one in New York City. Yeah, so yeah, but just... Canada is one of the few, it's, well, it's definitely the only government in North America that's that's come out in support of the video games industry as a major growth initiative for the country. Yeah, they're pretty aggressive about it. Yeah. yeah. And like it's, they want game talent in their country. Yeah. You know, that's that says something. Yeah. You know, and and it say and you know because they realize that like all right, well, uh Hollywood will probably forever have the lockdown on movies, you know, unless uh the some of the rising Asian tigers overtake it, but um, video games, we can still own video games, and they're doing a great job at it. And you know, it's it's a company that moves to Canada saves money. Like they pay they pay higher income taxes and stuff, but the healthcare and everything, like none of that is a concern anymore. That's the thing, and it's just like even on what I imagine, even if they're paying them like really well yeah. at the studio in New York, there's no way they can afford a home. Like right. That's the thing. I, all the people I've <laughs> yeah. ever heard that talked about opening studios and like places where you're like, why would you do that? Yeah. It always comes down to the fact like Volition mm-hmm. is in Champaign, Illinois. But the reason they've stayed in Champaign, Illinois, besides the fact that that's where they started, mm-hmm. even the reason those guys started there, though, was, oh, if we sell a game that sells relatively well, I can have a fucking home. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So that's that. Homefront, not good. And that's too bad. In my opinion. <laughs> no, I thought you were saying something ob- completely objectively. I didn't review it. Uh, this is all my opinion. These are not the opinions of, etc., etc. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's kind of mediocre. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think harder. shooters can really be mediocre anymore. I think that not anymore. we are way too late in this console cycle for there to be any excuse for a shooter to be anything other than good to great. Yep. I would agree. I mean, I, that sounds cold, but... I'm just saying. No, I mean, if you want to be, well, especially if you're talking about, like we've been saying, a studio the size of of Chaos, you know? I'm just saying, I thought it was me. I'm not saying, I just didn't think it was a bad game overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've talked to other reviewers, like, at other sites, and, like, this is the year that people are not, they have taken the kid gloves off with shooters. Sure. Again, I'm not saying that that isn't true, that comparatively, there's all kinds of things that you could be playing instead, but I'm saying as that game, as a product, I just don't think it's bad. I I hear you. Um, I hear you both, actually. I listen. I'm a listener. Shut up, Matt. Um, <laughs> I can't else? hear you. Uh, You've been kind of crisis lately. so it, it has been. I mean, last week there was a lot of crisis. And this over the weekend it was Homefront. And this week I haven't really had time to play any games. Yeah. Well, we have only had a couple of days, and yeah, if you weren't playing games at work, you weren't playing games. Like, I'd really. love mm. to play Shogun, and maybe I'll have a chance over the weekend. Yeah, I'm waiting to play yeah, that, too. too. It's actually <laughs> on our Steam Press accounts, but it's not listed in your library. Oh, weird. Which is weird. Okay. You just well, go to the... You can probably expect Crisis 2 and Shogun talk next week. Yeah. Would be my guess. There will be yeah. quite a bit of, sh- of Crisis 2 talk next week. Um, All right. So we're going to take a break so I can go to the bathroom? Yeah, yep. that's probably a good idea.
first letter is from RJ. And he writes in and says, I was wondering what your personal definition of an MMO is. I'm not really limiting it to RPGs either. For example, Mag can have well, 200... that would be an MMORPG. Well, he's saying... <laughs> so, for example, Mag can have 256 players in one match. They may be separated into smaller battles, but are still working towards an overall victory. Do you define MMO by number of concurrent players in the space, or is it more of a question of how much interaction you have with other players? Would you still consider games like Guild Wars with their large social hubs but smaller instant content MMOs? Yes. For, well, for me, MMO means persistent world. That's what it means to me. That's why I don't really yeah. think... I mean, I know Mag wants to be considered an MMO, but I don't even think of Mag as an MMO. No. Like, it not. has the battles of who gets contracts. Right. But I just think of that as like a shooter with some sort of persistence. It's like, I yeah. don't know. It's just Yeah, and it's like you really even, you know, like, yeah, it has that many players in it, but there's hardly ever an instance where you see more than 10 to 15 players at a time. I almost feel like to be an MMO in my mind, whether or not this is right, it needs to have a world that you can just sit in when like things aren't hub, going on. A hub world, <laughs> right. I mean, uh, that, I mean, this is essentially what the question gets down to. It's like, what's this, what, what are the distilled points of an MMO? Yeah. And I think, I think that's something that's very crucial is that shooters, although we do have this persistent leveling up, we haven't yet bridged the gap to having a persistent world. Yeah, although it's yeah. hard to imagine, right? Like running around with the camera with a gun sticking out, being like, hey, Tyler. Hey, what's <laughs> yeah, up, man? <laughs> oh, I mean, they, it, kill some yeah, dudes. people have tried. Like, I actually played Planet Side for a little while. Or like Huxley. Yeah, I never played Huxley. Oh, fuck, I forgot that that <laughs> I even forgot one. that that existed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, others, yeah, I mean, they have tried. You know, so did everybody Oh, uh, you know, one interesting one that's coming out soon is uh, Firefall, a free-to-play MMO. That's yeah. that one with jetpacks Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. It looks really good. Yeah, There's some interesting me takes a... on MMOs coming out. There's also this one yeah. called Terra, and Terra is like one where it's really pretty, and it's all action, and it's all mm. skill-based. <laughs> so it's like when you're fighting a boss, it's like God of War, where it'll do like things to telegraphics moves. And you have to actually do a dodge to roll out of the yeah, way. It's yeah. not just like numbers crunching the whole time, you know? Right. It, you, you will not attack unless you're in range, or your attack is however long your staff is, so you need to actually get in there and beat on it like Devil May Cry style mm -hmm. and dodge away. That, that seems potentially yeah. really cool. That's always been interesting to me, too, because, I mean, part of the reason why nobody ever makes games like that generally is uh, because they don't want to take the risk of it being inaccessible to all the people that like, oh, WoW is accessible to. Part of the reason why WoW is accessible is because the combat is right-click, and then make sure you move your character around and press all the right buttons at the right time. You know, like there isn't any action, quote Yeah, I mean, it definitely it. seems like if you're going to make more of an action-oriented game, you need to be able to support your game with a far smaller player base. Yeah, exactly. Because you're right. You immediately rule, rule people out. Right. But I'm glad to hear that people are taking those kind of chances. I want to see it, and I want it to be good. But to answer his question, I guess I, I, I don't really know. Yeah. I, for me, the persistence is the, the persistent world is the big key. And, like, it's kind of stupid to say even persistent world. It's more like static world because the world almost never changes. I mean, like... Right. I guess that's the thing is, like, there may be a persistent sort of scoreboard in something yeah. like Mag that he mentioned. Yeah. But there isn't a world you get to go into. The only time right. you're in the world is when you're doing these battles. Yeah, you go from one map to another. It's not like contiguous, you know. Exactly. I'm not. Once the battle's over, I'm not getting an APC, riding that APC to like our base <laughs> and waiting right. for the next deployment. Right. Right. Yeah. My character isn't always there. 
Plus, I'm yeah. not even one guy the whole time. Yeah. I'm like a soldier <laughs> yeah. dying over and over again. Yeah, it has to. That's... It has to feel like you are an avatar in a world. I think. I think so. so too. That's a little amorphous, but even if it know. doesn't have RPG elements, it still yeah. feels like you need to have that part. Well, I guess in some way you need a role to play, and it needs to be a role that you are all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. Um, the next letter is from someone that writes in calling themselves Boris because they're they're using no real names in here to protect the innocent. <laughs> um, he says, I have, I, have a, I have a situation. The innocent or the guilty? I have a situation between three friends of mine. Both. That I, would never, that I would like to hear your thoughts on. Two of the friends, we'll call them Aaron and Randy. I've known for 15 years now. Well, and I've known them in person. While the other one, we'll call her Ashley. I Uh-oh. just met last October. <laughs> Only known her through the internet and phone calls. Uh-oh. Randy left for the army at the start of last year and was beginning a relationship with Ashley. However, Arthur shaking his head no. <laughs> between August and October, he returned on sick leave, met someone else, Fuck. got engaged, married, got her pregnant, and is now living with her in Texas, all while still leading Ashley on Jesus as if she was the shit. one he would marry and live happily Jesus with. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Through a series of irrelevant events I won't bring up here, Aaron and I stopped talking with Randy. Both of us then became good friends with Ashley after finding out about the terrible things he did to her. Now jump ahead to present day where Randy just contacted me wanting to hear how things were going and make amends. Aaron and I would love to get in contact with him in person since they've been friends with him for 15 years right? and fix what happened between us, even if it means never forgiving him for what he did to Ashley. However, now Ashley is telling us that she doesn't feel we can be, she can be friends with either of us if we start speaking with Randy again. Bullshit. No, I think that that makes sense. No, I, well, I don't think... You don't get to tell other people who they can and can't be friends with. I don't with. think she's trying to tell them anything. I think that she's saying that she doesn't want to be friends with them if they're friends with him. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying that like you as a person telling another person that they can't be friends with somebody that you don't like is bullshit on you. Uh, but I don't, it doesn't sound like that's what she's doing. She's that's saying, exactly what she's doing. She's saying you can't be friends with Randy and still be friends with me. She says, yeah, she, well, she says, his, according to his letter, she doesn't feel she can be friends with either of us if we are able to forgive Randy and begin speaking to him again. But uh, he, basically, he's just like, should I, should I never speak to Randy again to preserve my friendship with Ashley, or should I be correct in feeling like Ashley isn't worth being friends with if she thinks she can tell Aaron and I who to be friends with? You know, it's like it, it, I'm just curious. What I'm not. Say. I'm not saying that it's what Randy did is right, and I'm no, not even saying not. you. Sh- I'm, yeah, I'm not even saying you should forgive him, but I'm saying if you do choose to forgive him, then Ashley doesn't have the right to tell you who your friends are. What I can say is maybe if you're never even friends, able to be friends with Randy, I think forgiveness in general is something everyone could stand to practice more. I think so too, and like forgiveness. I'm not saying forgiveness means you have to be friends with Randy again. Maybe no. you'll never be able to be friends with Randy again. Yeah, exactly. But it's not good hating someone for forever. No, it's not. Forgiveness, forgiveness. There's no, there's no nothing wrong with forgiveness being one sided. I just wonder how much they let emotion get in the way, and they're not like looking at it like you know this girl, like okay, like you know whatever, go see this guy on a go see him on a weekend. But it's you know he lives in a different state. It's not like they're gonna be hanging out every weekend. You know, it's like. You've been friends with Randy for 15 years, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know so far, I, you know, just go say, hey, what's up? It's not like we're yeah. weekly going to work out. I'm kind of curious you know? how old everyone was and in I, this, too. Yeah. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. And I, I've been in the situation. That sounds like they're young. Did he say where they're from? Uh, he didn't. 
I've been in the situation where I had a friend tell me that if I had that if I hung out with this other friend, then he couldn't hang out with with me while we were hanging out together. You know, like he took he took the higher road. He said, like, I can understand if you still want to be friends with let's just I don't know, let's call him Steve. Randy. Yeah, Randy. <laughs> I understand if you still want to be friends with Randy, but if you're hanging out with Randy, I cannot hang out with you at the same time because I don't want to be friends with Randy anymore. Sure. I mean, I had an ex-girlfriend in in uh, college that my friends were friends with, and they would all hang out, and they just didn't mm-hmm. hang out with me at the same time. It sucked, yeah. but, you know, whatever. Whatever. I mean, like, you know, like, forcing you to choose and putting you in the middle is like two parents that are getting divorced and using the kids against each other. It's sure. bullshit and it's selfish and you shouldn't put up with it. Well, there you've heard some opinions. Yeah. Opinions, Randy. <laughs> I, I think that she's totally justified in saying she can't be friends with them if okay. they want to be friends with her. Just with take just take all him. this into consideration, Randy. Uh, I, I find Boris, it emotion- that's what he called himself. I find it childish and emotionally weak. Um, I totally disagree. See? Well, there you yeah. have... Get see, a bag. I think that she was... <laughs> Not only did he lead her on, he f- knocked up another chick and married her. Yes, but that so, has but that has nothing to do with these guys. They didn't do anything. No, wrong. it does because if you're friends with someone and you decide that you can forgive someone who royally fucked that person over, even though you know that that person still isn't over it, I think that that speaks to how much you value your friendship with that person. No, it doesn't. I, I not again, at all. I, I not agree, at all. disagree completely. Yeah. Wow, you're a very vindictive person. Though. I'm not a very vindictive person, but I certainly can hold so, grudges. That's well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the next. So there. So there's the. There's some contrasting opinions for you. There's next letters from Frank, who's from Melbourne, Australia. I only mention that because he put it as like his signature. So I don't know. Maybe he's maybe he's very proud. He says, as a hardcore PC gamer, my most anticipated game for 2011 would have to be Witcher 2 in May. And he says, since I haven't heard you guys mention the game at all on the podcast, I was wondering what your thoughts are. Are you guys excited or has it slipped off your radar completely? Um, so, I'm looking forward to it. It sort of slipped off my radar. It slipped off my radar. but Yeah, but like when it comes out, I'm sure I'll play it. I mean, the people I know in the office, now granted, I'm. it's one of those games I'm ashamed I never played. I never played the first Witcher. Yeah, me I always either. heard cool things about it, Neither just never I. got around to it. Exactly. But Probably everyone I know that has played the first Witcher that's checked out too said that they've definitely done a lot of improvements. Cool. Which includes making the game far less sexist than the first one was. <laughs> so. I remember the I, first man. one the first one infamously had the whole That's right. collecting cards when That's you banged right. someone yeah. like you'd get like a trophy for it basically. Yeah. And it had so. like a lot of ridiculous Do breast things. Do we really think things? that this is going to be less? They they've they've specifically said like oh <laughs> a lot of people didn't like that because so. uh, well i remember when it came out when, when the game was out like that sort of became more of a thing than the actual game itself like, well of course it was right. something people yeah. latched onto because it was controversial but yeah right. the actual game i've heard is pretty cool so mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I i don't know you know i'm curious how it'll be i'm hopefully it's not as buggy as the first one yeah, was I, actually, I always heard a lot of problems with bugs in the yeah first i heard there's problem with bugs and i actually forgot about the sexist thing uh, like i remember hearing about it back in the day now i wonder if that's why i never played it i don't have a clear enough memory though um i'm getting old and senile so okay he says, you can, okay, it's good that he started off his letter by saying, you can mangle my name or just call me William. <laughs> his, his name looks like it's Giyame. Hmm. But, um, okay. Spell it. G-U-I-L-L. Uh, G-U-I-L-L-A-U-M-E. Guillaume. Guillaume. 
I think. Guillaume. 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 Who knows? Um, well, William. Uh, oh, so this was the letter where he was talking about what he thought actually our problem was with sound in Killzone 3. Ah. And he said, fairly sure the issue Tyler and company have with Kill- Killzone 3 sound is the fact that it probably uses, I'm going to fucking read his text speak, DTS <laughs> colon Neo 6 codec, and that their receiver cannot decode it, whereas Arthur's can. Mm. I haven't played Killzone 3, but I recall Infamous and Resistance 2 both use that codec. When I played these games on my old receiver that didn't support DTS Neo 6, I had no music at all in Infamous, and some sound effects mm. were garbled, for example. These issues went away when I upgraded my receiver. I didn't have any problems with Infamous or Resistance. Uh, I have no Uncharted idea how Uncharted has like a thing in its menu that lets you designate what soundtrack you want to use. Uh, maybe go into your PS3 settings and see if DTS Neo is checked, and if it is, uncheck it. Yeah, I don't, I don't um, know. I mean, my but receiver. To me, can so me, it's not missing everything. audio. It's just like, you know, audio that seems uh, right. But he's saying in infamous, weak. he had garbled yeah. sounds and stuff. Yeah, there's all kinds of weird stuff that can pop up if, um, if you have like. So just just for neo, like idiots like me, like what <laughs> exactly is a codec? Does what exactly? Like when it comes to sound. So you know. You, this may be totally wrong, and Arthur can probably correct yeah, me. Yeah, I'm actually yeah. kind of looking... Let's just go straight to Arthur. What do you know? What's Arthur? a codec? What's what does a codec, a codec exactly do? Uh, yeah, an a audio codec. codec. I know what a video codec is, but I don't know anything about audio. I mean, it's audio. the same thing. It's just a, a method of, of encoding and often compressing mm-hmm. an audio so file. So basically, the codec interprets the files to make the sounds appear? Yes. It's and a, it's and a in series the of, of ones and zeros. Okay. So if it works like a video codec, then... DTS and Dolby are just different ways of compressing. Yes, and DTS is less compressed than Dolby Digital. Mm. Uh, okay. DTS Neo is, uh, I think it's simulated six point one. Hmm. Like it, it uh, Neo six. It makes up. It basically interpolates an additional channel. Um, oh, interesting. Whereas DTS is a five channel. Uh, DTS ES, I think, is discrete which means that mm. there are six distinct audio channels in mm-hmm. addition to the subwoofer. Hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, the PS3 can output pretty much every HD audio format, whether in game or movie. Hmm. Um, although for anything above DTS, ES, or Dolby Digital Plus, it outputs in something called PCM instead of a... It does what's called bit streaming, so it just outputs a, a PCM signal to your receiver, hmm. which either can or can't read it the slims actually are a little more advanced than the original ps3s with the audio codecs they'll output so if you're a hardcore like home theater person a slim would be the ps3 you'd want wow cool the next letter is from david from seattle blah 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 blah, blah. (laughs) he says i was talking with a friend the other day about our favorite zelda games and we ended up talking about whether the visuals in wind waker or the visuals in twilight princess would hold up better my friend insisted that Twilight Princess was a visually superior game because of its more realistic aesthetic. I went with Wind Waker mm-hmm. because of its simple but incredibly beautiful look. Going back to Twilight Princess now, I just see cruddy textures and ugly polygons, polygons whereas Wind Waker still looks awesome even though it's outdated. Um, this brings to me my question. What games do you feel still look great despite being outdated or technically inferior? I immediately thought of Earthworm Jim and Super Mario Sunshine, but what qualities do you think a game... Have, will need, I guess, to still look great in five to ten years later. Uh, 
there are I mean, certain like, games that I mean, I mean, there there are very yeah. few games I think that hold up, like to where you you look back and you're like, like certain games like Outcast is a mm-hmm. game that doesn't look good, mm-hmm. but it's at least acceptable to my eyeballs <laughs> when I look back. Yeah, but like. Like uh, other ones, like hand drawn ones, like oh, I, th- I still think a lot of the LucasArts hand drawn old adventure games still look pretty. They look you know, pretty cool. The ones done in the Scum Engine. I'll yeah, I say. know what you mean. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I feel I feel like a lot of hand drawn art is timeless because it's hand drawn art. But then there's you know there's games like uh, the original Deus Ex totally doesn't hold up. It looks <laughs> fucking terrible. Right. And it's because you know that's as realistic as you could that's, get. And they that's were going for I, I feel like realistic aesthetic is where you fail. Yeah, I, I mean, you, but Deus Ex had just terrible art design. That's true; it did all around. But like, you know, that being said, like a realistic game, I've I've gone back and played uh, the original. Uh, well, not the original Thief Two. Like, it was just after I bought my p my my put together my new PC. So it was like just over two years ago, and. Uh, I was still like, this is still fun. This still holds up, even I, though it's all super low polygon and everything. I mean, maybe it's just me being an idiot thinking like, because I'm living in the time that I'm living right now. But I feel like a lot of the games we have now will hold up better than games 10 years ago. They will. Because uh, they are high um, enough poly, polygon I, count that I they, think so too. they're I think closer. So too, because of stylized, stylizing. And, you know, like uh, when, you, when you look at something like characters in Left 4 Dead 2, their heads are round. Whereas when you go back right. and look at something like <laughs> Deus Ex, their heads were like blocks with textures yeah. slapped onto them. <laughs> yeah. I think, again, I think it comes down to art design. Like some, a lot of the best looking games that are out right now are just have really aggressive art design and assets that mm. are so created in such a way that they'll look good, sort of defying the limitations of the hardware that they're on. In like, that mm-hmm. vein, then, what do you think are some games that you've kind of played that you think 10 years from now you'll be like, you know, that's not going to look utterly like shit? I think Killzone 2 is going to stand up. I think Killzone 2 looks, first of all, looks better than Killzone 3 and will stand up to time better than Killzone 3 will. Hmm. Um, I think uh, I think Dead Space holds up. Dead, yeah, Space, Dead, Space, continue continue hold up. Dead Space holds up pretty well. Um, I do think that Dead Space is going to look aged faster than people think it will. Because I bet flesh oh, I is going to get really good. Yeah, and oh, the, the aliasing true, yeah. and stuff like that. It just it's very shiny. Um, yeah. um, I think I think games like Gears of War look really. Dated. Gears of War yeah, like and Gears, Gears of War three though, like the entire Gears of War series, I think will will continue to hold up relatively well, just because it's it such a very stylized. clear design aesthetic. Yeah. I think a lot of other Unreal Engine 3 games though won't. They won't. Like a lot yeah. of the ones when people first were using Unreal and everything right. was like shiny plastic. Um, yeah, exactly. Some things about Halo 3 will continue to look good like the lighting model in Halo 3 is is so advanced yeah. that the particles and stuff that are going on will always look good but, yeah, but, already, I, but the I character think... models already look really dated. True. In 3? Yeah. But yeah. but I think the I think the impulse towards stylized games holding up longer term is the right one. I mean, that those, I mean, I think those I, will uh, hold up longer, better. Art ones will, Portal uh, and Team Fortress 2 are games that will continue to look good. Totally. Um, Half-Life 2 to a lesser degree, I think. I mean, to me, the ones degree. that come to mind are the, the really easy ones, like Muramasa will still look good in 10 years. Yeah. Again, and, it's, it's uh, and, a drawn, that, painted game. That right. you brought up Muramasa is a game that I would bring up that it's actually a really old game and they're coming out with a brand new version of it still looks great today is uh, out of this world or some people know it as, as mm. another world mm-hmm. yeah. they're actually coming out with the xbox live arcade version mm-hmm. the full hd and i think what the reason why that game still looks great today is because it uses a lot of those clean vector graphics yep. of well, a, and it's not trying to do a lot of textures and sort of things and everything is uniquely hand touched and things like beyond good and evil just for something that people can see more recently i mean that game is like over five years old and 
I still I don't think that game looks amazing, but I think it holds up a lot better than a lot of other PS2 era yeah, games, even with an HD remake. Style. Just because exactly the cool, the, just the way they drew their characters and stuff yeah. was kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like that's you know one of the reasons why people, why the old fighting game gurus still play old Street Fighters and Marvel versus Combat and stuff like that is because the art style mm-hmm. actually does still hold up. Dark Siders. Dark I think uh, yeah. Street Fighter Three still holds up pretty well. The Alpha yeah. games hold up. I don't. I don't yeah. feel like Street, Street Fighter, Fighter One holds up that well. Yeah. Street yeah. Fighter One no, is no, no, pretty no. awful. Three <laughs> looks badass still though. Yeah. The art in that. Still yeah, looks true. Good. But you know, to more addressly, more expressly address the letter, Wind Waker, definitely. Wind yeah, Waker Wind Waker. Here, here's here's another game I'd like to bring up that Super old that still looks that's. Did you guys ever play Aladdin on the Genesis? Yeah, that no. was actually, like, great that was actually a really cool looking like game. Smooth art, you know, it's like another... All the what, Disney games on Genesis look amazing still. And mm-hmm. in, in that in that vein, you know what game would hold up really well? I know a lot of people don't like it as much as I did, but uh, Mark of Cree had a really oh, yeah, great art style. Game. Mark yeah, of Cree yeah, would totally yeah, hold yeah, up Yeah, that had a Disney term. style, like a later Disney style. There would be yeah. some arcade games that hold up pretty well too, like... Certain ones like the Ma and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, have really. Again, true. because they yeah. they have like this really cool. Yeah. Or Castle Crashers will still look great ten yeah. years from now. Well, in some game and some games hold up just because they they fit the aesthetic of the era. Like uh, the original Res will always hold up because it's like it's inside a computer and it's you know inside yeah, of a computer point. like when it was made and so it, it all fits and uh, like I could still see if I walked into an arcade today and there was a virtual on machine i would probably think that virtual on still holds up for what it was you know oh man i think that you would be very disappointed i don't know i really liked the I whole remember what virtual on is. The, the, i remember those games the model 2 uh graphics just do not hold up really they really really don't yeah. so we only have one more letter because That's like you guys you said you out. guys exp- well no actually i mean i went through out, i actually crazy. Went through and got all the recent letters, and you guys <laughs> went through a shit ton. So, these are pretty much all the letters we got from last week. Um, so, this last one is from Scott. And everyone just decided to tell us where they live this time around. He says, I am 25, and I live in Idaho. Shit, Idaho represent. Uh, not the scary part Matt is from, just Boise. <laughs> I'm not okay, from so this. this is not the letter we read last week. <laughs> he says, I'm, I'm not from Northern Idaho. He says, I am also gay, came out at 19, if that matters. Oh, that's rough. As you can probably imagine, that puts me in a bit of a tough situation meeting yes. people. The normal situations don't really work for me. I can't go to bars because my people have <laughs> bars that I can only describe as terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> also, online isn't an option as every major dating site just has the same five people on them. <laughs> they all want a quick hookup, which isn't for me either. Uh, yeah, that is a sort bummer. of a gay... This, he's a gay male, right? Uh, yeah. 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 I have trouble in large group social situations as I was very shy when I was younger and I have no idea how to talk to people. Work retail. My friends try... Yeah. <laughs> my friends try to help me get out of the house, but it is difficult for me to do so as I am just not sure how to act. Most guys like me are only interested in hooking up, which makes the few situations where I do talk to someone end in disappointment. That and being a gamer means I have very little in common with others like me. I like to joke that I am the worst gay guy ever. (laughs) I know you probably can't help me, but do you have any advice? A mixture of my location, my orientation, and my own unwillingness to become part of of the stereotype have left me feeling very trapped. And he said, uh, please note, Relocating is not really an option. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say other than moving, which obviously you can't. Um, Boise uh, has a university. And I 
Yeah, wouldn't it be? And and any university is going to have a gay and lesbian alliance organization. I mean, is Boise is it's a it's a city. It's, it's a, a big city. city. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not as big as like Idaho Falls, but it's it's a good sized city, and it's. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't. It's not huge or anything, and I'm sure his options are way more limited than they would be maybe even in Idaho Falls. But I mean, the uh, uh, there is going to be stuff in and around campus that you could get involved with and you know it's the kind of maybe he's too shy to get involved with any organizations i mean like really the only thing you can do is like try to get over your shyness like that's the if you're not yeah. willing to relocate yeah if you're not willing to relocate you got to get over your shyness like arthur said work retail when your friends ask you to go out go out with them even if you're uncomfortable keep going out with them until you're comfortable <laughs> Or Drink until you're comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Don't do. No, that. don't do that. <laughs> Drink, until, <laughs> Drink until you can't feel feelings. As the people, yeah. in, as, as, as the uh, people in AA often say, "Fake it till you make it." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I have kind of like a, I don't know. I guess a stereotypical uh, question would be, you know, you often hear like gay guys can befriend uh, women real easily. You know, I, I don't know if that might be a good way to meet other guys, like, you know, girls who have other guy friends that are gay. I don't know either. You know? I just don't know. I don't know enough about being gay <laughs> when it comes well, down to it. it, it Especially it, about being gay in Idaho. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that, that makes the difficult. Yeah. But I do know a lot about being shy, especially when I was younger. Sure. And like, you got to get over that. That That's going to be your biggest stumbling right. block all along. And that, that's what makes me think about the friend angle. Yeah, exactly. Going through the friend yeah. route. So try to... That's what I'm thinking, is maybe try to find girlfriends mm-hmm. who can introduce you to guys. I don't know. Girl space friends. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girl space friends. <laughs> I, space friends. Women Find friends. space <laughs> friends. Find space friends. <laughs> I want space friends. <laughs> Everybody wants space friends. I want to be in space and have friends. Yeah, jet way more friends in space. What <laughs> I will say though is that the reason he said he didn't want to relocate is he has a really stable job. Ultimately, what I will say though is if you want to have a greater chance of meeting people, relocating might not be a terrible. I know you. It seems like such a foreign idea, but a stable job. There might always be a better job someplace else where you might also be in, a, in an area where you might be more readily accepted and feel happier with who yeah, you but are. It sounds like, but he says he has friends and stuff there. It's not like he doesn't have a support system there. He's yeah, I guess totally that's I, I thought you at first, I thought you were going to say, if you want a better chance at meeting people, say, hi, my name is such and such. I have a stable job. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I'm not a psycho, obviously. <laughs> so you can send in your letters to us at... Uh, Letters at eat-sleep-game.com. Remember to follow us on Twitter. I'm Chuff Money. Matt is Talking Orange. Tyler is Dirty Tea, like the drink. And Arthur is A-E-G-I-E-S. And uh, remember also that you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You should all go out and tell one of your friends about us somewhere. And more importantly... (laughs) Spread us like a virus. More importantly, (laughs) review us on iTunes. We like reviews. Reviews are cool. Um... Yeah, that's it. Letters at eat-sleep-game.com. Send them there. Not to uh, my personal email. Or mine. <laughs> Idiots. Um, I yeah. did. Thank you all for joining us. Remember, Arthur holds grudges. We'll see you. Yeah, so make sure you fucking listen next week. <laughs> or else we will hate you forever. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. We'll always love you. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>